Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? This is live WTF at Bumper Shoot in Seattle. Thank you for coming. Holy shit. Yeah, woo it up. I don't give a shit. It's rare. It's rare that I invite the woos. But that was very, yeah. That's my favorite. The out of context woo. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was a slightly insecure woo. That sounded like a woo that was the first woo for you. That was a woo. Like there was a question mark at the end of that woo. Woo. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's desperate. That's a, that's a very desperate woo. That's a poorly parented woo. That's what that is. <laughs> I had a woo in, I don't know where the hell I was. It was uh, wherever the, oh, in Denver. Some, someone wooed and then just sort of improvised with it. It was like, woo. They just like Coltrane to woo. Uh, I like uh, being here. It's nice to be in Seattle. I like this festival. I, I don't like uh, being, you know, in it. But I like, uh, like, like, as soon as I get outside, my contempt for people becomes very prominent. I honestly, I, you know, and I'm glad you're here, but I don't know how the fuck people think this is fun. I, I just, I, like, you know, I don't know if it's age, but I don't think it was that. I think I've always felt that way. It's just I, I see a lot of people out there that seem to just think that they should be having fun and they can commit to it. I've just never been that kind of person. We're doing it. We're having fun. That doesn't last for me. It's already gone. <laughs> no, but I, and then I try to romanticize it. Like, but this is people, you know, it's like a temporary community of people enjoying art, enjoying things. And then you're like, oh, except for that asshole. You know, like, there's like, that guy just fucked up the entire community just with his weird fucked up energy. Woo! No, no, no. But I, I love Seattle. I've always loved it. I went through a bad period with it, you know. But, uh, but I'm back. You know, I, uh, no, my ex-wife was from here. So for years, I, I referred to it as fuck Seattle. Um, yeah, but that's over. No, I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to be here. Uh, what else? What, um, I know I'm missing uh, Eric Burden and the animals right now. It was weird. I was looking at the schedule like, who the fuck am I going to miss? And I'm like, Eric Burden and the animals. And then there's that moment where you're like, well, maybe. Uh, it's not, a, you know. <laughs> No, I like Eric Burden, but you know, it's not, you know, people get older and, and some people fare well with that. Uh, others, you're like, you know, don't you have enough money to stop? You must have enough money to stop. <laughs> Is that rude of me to say? Like, you, you should probably just be sitting down. I know there's an urge to continue the, the legacy that you had, what, 40 years ago. But, you know, I don't know if anyone's, you know. But I feel bad for saying that because, you know, they're artists and they should be able to do their thing to as many people as they can convince to. <laughs> it's still relevant to do it. The, um, my haircut turned out okay, thank you for asking. I, uh, no, no, it, it, was, it was touch and go. I thought I was old enough to, to uh, weather uh, a frighteningly bad haircut. 
But I, I don't think you age out of that. I was surprised. I don't, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but perhaps because you are, you may be fans of mine, you might understand the crushing uh, blow to your identity a bad haircut can cause. But um, when I got this haircut initially, I, all right, I don't even know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I went to the place where I go, I, I get like one of those buzz cuts maybe once or twice uh, in the summer. Just, you know, I don't, it's not a life thing. It's not something I used to do. I used to pay a lot of money for fucking haircuts. But then at some point I decided like, you know, I'm a fucking man. I should be able to just go to a man's haircutting place and have the guy just buzz the shit and be like, yeah, that's good enough. You know, and, and <laughs> right. I should be able to handle that. Right. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I should be able to weather that storm and just be like, you know, I can work with this. And you know, and the first time I got it at the place, though it was a little affected, I enjoyed the haircut. You know, short on the sides, long on the top, had sort of a retro thing. But the haircut place I've talked about in the podcast, I know I have. They, they're doing a complete sort of 1920s, 1930s bullshit thing where you walk in, you got to put your name on a board and then sit there and wait for them to cut other people's hair. And they don't let you drink coffee. They won't let you use your cell phone. You can only sit. They have Playboy magazines there. I'm like, you know, you're pushing it. This is fucking ridiculous. It's not 1940. Maybe you should take reservations. There's 19 people on that board, you ass. So, so I go in there. I put my name on the board. I'm like number four for my guy, Rudy. You know, they all wear the white and they got the, you know, the little thing. And I'm there two fucking hours, you know, and Rudy's still got another guy who needs his fucking handlebar mustache waxed, you know, and that in and of itself was enough to get me a little riled. But this is what's embarrassing about me. Like by the time I decided to leave, um, it, it had to be a statement, you know, so I get up, you know, there's four other guys there. They're all cutting. The other guys are cutting hair and I just erase my name off the blackboard and go like, see you fellas. And I walk out. Like, that'll show them. <laughs> then I went to uh, another razor cut place out of spite. Never get a haircut out of spite is what I learned. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck them. There's a guy down the street from me that does razor shit. How hard could it be? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. So, but there's a fine line between the classic sort of vintage short haircut, man's haircut place and the hip hop place. The hip hop place is a different vibe. Like I went in there and the guy's like, do you want your hair cut? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know now. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. You know. like, I'm not judging you. I'm not being, you know, not profiling in any way, but I don't know if I fit here. But by that point, I was seeing red at the fucking douchebags at the other place. I'm like, yeah, just fucking give me the cut. And he goes, you just want a man's haircut? I'm like, yeah, you know, short on top. I mean, long on top, short on the sides. He's like, yeah, a man's haircut. I'm like, yeah, I want a man's haircut. I don't know what that, how many are on that list. I mean, where, what's the rest of that list? Man's haircut, women's haircut, and what? Is that it? I mean, I don't know what. Did I miss it? So he just fucking butchers my hair, and it doesn't even look right when I'm in the chair. It's, not, it's fucked up. It's layered wrong. And he's like, good? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess it's good. And then I went home, and for four hours, I didn't know who I was. Like, it was a real problem. Some emails, quick emails, and then we're going to bring out the guests. Uh, subject line, Jew filter. <laughs> that, that one could go either way, right? <laughs> Got to read that one. <laughs> Big fan of the show, serious question. Can you ask iTunes to create a filter so I can just download the episodes where you're interviewing Jews? That's kind of my jam, thanks. 
Gabe. <laughs> of course it was Gabe or Isaac or Jacob or Marty. All right. This one's pretty precise. From one self-loathing egotist to another, every day you help me bullshit myself into feeling like I may have a chance in this world after all. <laughs> and I mean that. Thank you, and I'll be stroking your ego soon. But when I read that, I was like, that is all we do. Bullshit myself into feeling like I may have a chance in this world. That's all any of us do. Ugh. If you really think about it, it's really existential and kind of horrifying when you really think like, why do I think I'll succeed? Oh, because I'm deluding myself completely. <laughs> you have no choice. It's either that or paralyzing self-pity, which we all have to go through for a little while. You don't know how to unfuck yourself until you're fucked. I'm fucked. <laughs> WTF and kids. Mark, I've heard you contemplate losing the what the fuck montage at the front of your show. And while I'm never a big fan of change, I think I'd be okay if you went with something different. But let's just be clear. You shouldn't do it because of the fucking kids. I am a mom of a three-year-old. Both me and my partner are big fans of the show. My son's imaginary friend is Mark Maron. Uh... <laughs> My son hears your podcast, or at least is in a listening radius, because let's be honest, three-year-olds don't pay attention to very much. Uh, in our house, we don't censor uh, very much adult talk, so he most certainly didn't get swearing from you. Uh, he said the other day, very loudly at the park, hey, mama, check out that fucking slide. It's awesome. So don't do it for the kids. Jessica, P.S. Kids are the most amazing, humbling, and fun experience. You won't regret one second of it. Do it. Yeah, okay. What the fuck, you fucker? Subject line. You fucking douche. You finally guilted me into buying the premium app. It was fucking cosmic. Your Jew boy guilt-ish, guilt-a-fish fucking self-loathing nuked my uber-Catholic pedophiliac priest fucking self-loathing. And I fucking bought the premium fucking app, WTF. Fuck you and fuck me for needing to go back and relive some of the most favored moments since you fucking started your self-loathing, douche-sucking, belly-gazing, self-centered, me, me, me bullshit from the garage. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> Bob. Jerking while WTF redux. <laughs> Just started listening to the podcast, and I decided to go back and listen to some older WTFs at a live episode. I heard you read the email from a listener who jerked off while listening to you. Uh, believe me, I thought this was strange also. However, uh, after, I <laughs> after I got home, I needed to jerk it and was uh, too high to figure out where your podcast was coming from. And too lazy to care. As you may have guessed, I ended up jerking off while listening to you. The experience has left me somewhat emotionally confused, although I do feel closer to you. I also feel like we just knowingly jerked off in the same room as each other, and now I don't want to make eye contact. 
I'm not sure if you just won a new fan, but you have earned my respect. <laughs> Good luck with everything, Brian. <laughs> the, the best moment in this whole email is, I needed to jerk it. That seems so specific, and I, th I think most people are like that. It's not like, I think maybe I got a little time. Yeah, I think I'm having a nice time with myself. I needed to jerk it. <laughs> Completely identify with that. <laughs> kind of like this one, because it's, it's, this is an, I guess these are my fans. <laughs> Sorry I missed you. This is what my life has come to. I'm sitting alone in my apartment in my underwear at 2 in the morning, writing a pathetic fan email. I've consumed everything you've produced in the last few months. I've listened to WTF every week since April. I've watched all but one or two episodes of Mare, and I just finished Attempting Normal. I was really looking forward to seeing you perform stand-up for the first time. Not that this is my first time. You not, not that this is the first time you perform stand-up. I mean, it's the first time I was going to see you. I couldn't figure out how to phrase that sentence to avoid the ambiguous meaning, so I left it as it was. <laughs> uh, then added this stupid parenthetical note. Like I said, I was really looking forward to seeing you perform stand-up for the first time. Earlier in the day, I decided to go for a long bike ride. It was the longest ride I'd been on since I bought the bike last month. It was really nice. Uh, grundle pain notwithstanding. When I got back, I decided to treat myself to a beer. Then I treated myself to four more. Then I took a nap. I set an alarm for 7 o'clock so I'd have enough time for a bite to eat before meeting a friend at Comedy Works in downtown Denver at 8.30. Unfortunately, I neglected to turn the alarm on. Why is that the default setting on the iPhone? You set an alarm and then you have to turn the alarm on? That's why I fucking set it, so that it would be on. <laughs> anyway, I jolted out of bed five and a half hours later to numerous missed calls, text messages, and Facebook messages from my friend whom I inadvertently stood up. Now I'm wide awake because I've already swept about as much as I sleep in a typical night. I just jerked off and picked up Wendy's. <laughs> I got there as the drive-thru was closing. They were out of Frosties. But they gave me a free drink and all the remaining chicken nuggets. And I got home just in time for the final act of the Shawshank Redemption. So I guess you could say things are looking up. I hope you come back to Denver soon. Maybe I'll even wake up for your show. <laughs> All right, let's start the uh, show, the guests and things. <laughs> My first guest, I think, is playing with every band at the festival after this show. <laughs> uh, he regularly plays with his band Super Chunk and the Mountain Goats and... He's going to be playing with uh, uh, Bob Mould at 6.15. He's also uh, a frequent guest and uh, collaborated with Tom Sharpling on the best show. Uh, please welcome John Worcester to the stage. Hi. Hi, buddy. John Worcester. Hello. Hello. I have to take you to task for something. Oh, good. Something, something minor. Thank God. Make it easy. It was Johnny Ramone who said, never let them see you before the show. Oh, really? Yes. Johnny Ramone apparently had a little more mystique than I do. I, uh, I enjoy immediately breaking the fourth wall to lower the expectations. See, I, I, that's my system, is that I come out and I go, hey, we'll see what happens. <laughs> How are you going to fail after that? They need, true, but they need to think that you just got off a helicopter. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would not be a good show. Well, I'd be like, holy fuck. Holy fuck. Helicopters are stupid. <laughs> That'd be my whole monologue. And they are. <laughs> they are. Have you been on a helicopter? Never. Your... No. No, you haven't? No. You've never been flown in? They look a... stupid. Yeah, they, they're ridiculous. If you're not in combat, there's no reason for them. No. no. You've never been flown in for a gig? I've been catapulted to a gig. No. No, I haven't either. Come on. No. No. I was on your wiki page and uh, doing a little research. Mm. Now, did, now, did you put Charlie Daniels on there or somebody you That's played That's true. With? You I played, played with Charlie Daniels. It you was... played, now, wait. Let's go through this okay. list. Cause, okay, Super Chunk, Mountain Goats, <laughs> uh, Ben Gibbard, got Katy Perry, uh, New Pornographers, R.E.M., uh, Alejandro Escovito. What album were you on? I played on a record called, um, it's called... Is it called A Man Under the Influence? I played on a song mm. called Castanets. Uh-huh. And the, the funny thing about this song is that um, somebody made uh, an official iPod uh, mix for yeah. President Bush, mm -hmm. and it was on it. <laughs> and he, Alejandro was mortified yeah. that, this, that this song was on it. So his, I like him. He's a, he's he's a great. great songwriter. All right, so then we get down this list, and there's Charlie Daniels. Yes. Now, what, now how did that fucking happen? I think it was the year was 2000. Mm. Oh, and, goes back. And yes, and I was... Um, uh, I got called by a friend mm. who um, went to college with my brother. His mm -hmm. name is Stacy Wall, mm -hmm. and he went, he's gone on to become this very successful commercial um, director. Okay. And he was doing a, a commercial for UPS mm -hmm. with Charlie Daniels. Charlie mm -hmm. Daniels singing "The Devil Went Down to Georgia," but it was it was what else? It was tweaked for yeah. for the UPS, and it was about a a, uh, a race car driver named. Dale Jarrett is that his name? I have no fucking yes. idea. And it was like Dale Jarrett is a race car driver, <laughs> and he and so yeah. I played the drums yeah. with Charlie Daniels in this commercial, yeah. and on bass yeah. was Kyle Gass, yeah. oh, who, had, who had never played a stand-up bass before that day. And I don't think he would mind me telling this story, but <laughs> okay. I, I I believe his agent may have lied. <laughs> To the director and said, "Oh, yeah, he can play. He can play at one of those big upright bases. <laughs> He'll do anything you yeah. need him to do, Kyle." And so we, we had to cut the yeah. the audio of this song yeah. in, in in a trailer just to make sure the audio was there just right. to have it. And so we're we're playing it. I'm all like my little brushes, and Charlie's playing and doing the yeah yeah yeah. 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 And and Kyle's playing, but he's you know it's obvious that he's not really it's not his first instrument. And so Charlie goes. Son, do you know how to play that? And he goes, not really. <laughs> and he goes, and, and Charlie, to his credit, he was so cool. He just goes, well, here's how you do it. And, and he showed him, and Kyle was great and played great. <laughs> so Charlie showed him how to play the stand-up bass? Yeah, yeah. Now, was there, like, in terms of, like, I don't, I don't know a lot about drumming, but you've been drumming since, what, you were, like, born? Uh, 10, age 10. Professionally? First gig uh, was August 21st, 1981. Really? Yes. And who was that with? Hair Club for Men. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was my band. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was? It was, called, it was called Hair Club for Men. How come that got no applauses? I don't know. I don't know. And it, but, Usually there's one, some, there's some fucking music nerd who's like, I got that cassette. No, it, I got yeah. That we, we had a shirt. That's all we had. <laughs> no, no recorded evidence? Oh, no. no. Hair Club for no. Men? No. I, I was 14. Yeah. And our, uh, the oldest guy in the band was 28, mm -hmm. which is, which is a, a, quite a... But, but, a chasm. Yeah, well, that, but he was sort of like, was he a, a failure? No, no, he was. No, I had great respect for him because. Of course you did. I grew, I grew up in. He's in like, letting you play drums I in know, a band. Yeah. I, I grew up in like a Mennonite town. Get out. In, in Pennsylvania. 
They're the ones that they're okay with lights. It's, it's a step hipper than Amish. Right. They have cars. They have cars, black, black yeah. cars, and they can't, I don't know if they have TV. I don't think they do. I think, like, I, I, I'd see them because uh, you go, like, I remember driving through Pennsylvania and you'd stop at a diner and then mm-hmm. you'd see the Mennonites get out of a car. Yeah. And I always thought that they, they made that exception in their religion just to have one up on the fucking Amish. It must be. It's just so be. they could sort of honk and go, yeah, yeah. Yep. How's that going for yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any run-ins with the Mennonites? How often um, do you hear that question? That for first time. Yeah. Um, I do remember we had uh, Mennonite friends down the street, mm-hmm. and one day we had the for real friends or just sort of like go talk to them, John. It started as go talk to them, John. Okay. But then it became you know <laughs> you we, should make friends with exactly the, yeah with and, the religious freaks. And down one the day, well, whatever. One day we had the the sun over mm-hmm. and we watched TV. Yeah. And he was over every day, just, <laughs> can I watch TV? <laughs> can I watch the magic can box? I watch anything, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're going to play with Bob Mould and Super In Chunk. a couple minutes, yes. Now, yeah, one, really one for Bob Mould. Come on, guys. Bob Mould invented half of what's going on out there. That's right. So when you play with Bob Mould, like, uh, wait, now... Like, I don't understand drumming because I don't mm-hmm. drum. Do you just pick that shit up? I mean, you got you to gotta know all the songs. I mean, what, what's the... Pro- I, I know this might sound stupid to you, but, like, do you... Do you I know you rehearse. Maybe you have We no don't fun. rehearse. You don't rehearse. We, uh, I've been in the Bob Mole Band five years. We've rehearsed three times. Really? Yeah. yeah. He just likes to fucking wing it? We just... Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, we know the songs, and I, I was a huge fan of his when I was a, when I was a kid. Of all I, incarnations, Husker yeah. Du, Sugar, then the acoustic stuff? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, but big Husker Du fan, I, w- I saw them when I was probably 16, uh-huh. as a kid in Philly. Really? Yeah. Back when they were like, you Love know, Hall, like- saw them with uh, uh, White Cross, uh, Circle of Shit, that was a real band. Uh, Circle of Shit. M- Minutemen. Yeah, Minutemen. Yeah, yeah. Here's what happened with me and Bob Mould just before the show. Mm-hmm. I have not had him on WTF. I'd like to have him on WTF. I, WTF. I met him once, and I was in the artist area having some food. Yes. And I saw Bob Mould playing ping pong. And the reason I knew he was playing ping pong was there were two like punk rock girls going like, "Bob Mould's playing ping pong. I can't believe it. He's playing ping pong. <laughs> Should we go over there? Bob Mould is playing ping pong." And I thought, if that's not a song that you guys are working on, you're stupid. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I saw him come in and I did that horrible thing where I'm like, all right, I've met him once and, you know, he knows of me and I know of him. Is he going to look at me and go, hey, Mark, or is he just going to not acknowledge me at all? And uh, he didn't acknowledge me at all. I, I think that says more about his, his, the, the, the intensity and the focus of, of his ping pong game. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he was still coming down? Like he's like still oh, fucking yeah. just seeing. I think yeah. he, he was thinking about each. What do you call it? Is it a SWAT? What is it? What do you, is it a, I don't know what the official term is. Paddle? The, the, the pop? The, yeah. I don't know. It's a winkle. The, <laughs> it's a winkle. I think it is a winkle. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could sell that. I believe you. If you would have confidently said, oh, the winkle, I'd be yeah. like, is that what it's called? And you would have went, yeah. And I would have went, all right, that's something else I learned. Winkled the fuck out of it. <laughs> is this how you dress to uh, drum with Bob Mould? I, I, no, I dress like this with the mountain goats. They're not here, though. They're not here, but I've grown. So John has you wear this? He says, no, could you no, please I, dress formally? No, I to... think we just sort of fell into it. Yeah. <laughs> Peter dresses way nicer than me. Really? Yeah. You're a bunch of dandies up there? Total dandies. So what do you dress? What do you wear with Bob Mould? Nothing? The, the, I, if I could. Yeah. The thinnest possible. I've worn the same shirt for every show in, since 2000 and 
seven. Really? Eight. Yeah. Is that a, is that a mystical thinking thing? It's, it's you... the thinnest black shirt I could find. Why? Because you know you're going to sweat your ass off? Or... Yes. Yeah. Because it's a workout. To... It's like a boxing match. With Bob Mould. It's more like, what's the, what's the thing where the guys are in a cage and they wear like the panties? Uh, ultimate, ultimate fighting. They're kind of like uh, panties, right? I was going to go with gay porn, but um, <laughs> ultimate fighting's fine. There's a fine line. There really is a fine line. <laughs> it is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what I'm watching yeah. sometimes. So that's really heavy duty. And so I always I, watch it longer than I really should. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no reason you can't learn new things about yourself. No. You know, always time to change your life completely. So thin shirt for Bob Mould. Very thin. Yeah. And what about with uh, Super Chunk? Do you, do you have a special shirt? Medium for that? white. Medium. Yeah. 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 I wore the same shirt for our entire... Two years of touring, also. But do you, do you wash it? Or? You, you sweat yeah. in it. Yeah. You rinse it in uh-huh. the sink. You uh-huh. hang it up, and it's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I have, do you like festivals? I like them okay. They're always too hot. Like, I sweated so much on the way over here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But, I mean, do you like the crowds? I mean, do you, are you I enjoy do. The, being the, rock and roll royalty? I think I've considered you rock and roll royalty oh, somehow. Oh, you're nice. No, you have to well, be. I mean, you. John Worcester. The kid. Yeah. Oh, is that what they call you? No. The kid? <laughs> no. They don't call me anything. But no. do you ever I'm ask... lucky me? they let me in the gate. But, why, but you're like, obviously, I, like, I just can't fucking believe, like, you played with Katy Perry. What does that even fucking mean? Well... I didn't even know she used instruments. Well, that's a funny story, too, and I, I'm, I'll, I'll try to breathe through it. I was, I was contacted by a friend who's a producer. You just get calls from people who are like, yeah. dude, we got a Charlie Daniels situation. That is a, that's a band <laughs> yeah. name. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Dude, Katy Perry's in trouble. She needs your drums. Like, yes. how does, what is this call? Like, I, got, I got a call yeah. from a friend of mine. Yeah. And he, um, he said, I have to put together a little drum group to play with Katy Perry at the VMAs. This was 2009. A drum group. Like, like, yeah, just like bass drums and timpanis. Four guys playing along with the, the backing track of, of Queen's We Will Rock You. Uh, yeah. They actually got, they got the, the official sample of that. Right. And so... The, the four guys were doing that, yeah. and Katy Perry was going to sing the, the song, yeah. and Joe Perry of Aerosmith was playing the solo. But, is that, but just because they have the same last name? or No. I th- I, honestly, I think they were trying to get... The fucking kind of crackpot organization is we, uh, we need a drum circle, and we're going to have Joe Perry play because they have the similar last name. They're very close to each other on the call sheet. In all honesty, I think they were trying to get Slash. I'm serious. Uh, Rock's only guitar player. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dave Navarro, Rock's other guitar player. Yeah. Yeah. So we practiced. We rehearsed yeah. once or twice. With Katie. And, and she was very nice. And Joe. Joe was there. Joe wasn't there the first day. Yeah. Joe came in the next day. But my only interaction with Katie Perry was um, she, go, she said, you look familiar. And, and I said, I've been around. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. How about Joe? Does Joe talk? I get the feeling he doesn't talk. Joe didn't talk. No, he, was, I mean, he was nice, but he didn't. I, I think he was nervous. Really? He had never played the solo before. He'd heard it probably a million times. Right. But I oh, from think, the Queen song, like that iconic Brian solo. Brian Mayso. Yeah, oh yeah. shit. So he just went, he made his own. He made it his own. Oh, he decided to crap out, like not even rise to the challenge. Like, like in a last moment, he said, "Fuck this, I'm Joe Perry," and he did a Joe Perry thing. He's Joe Perry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love Joe Perry. You got the leather pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and couldn't the, and wear now leather. with the, the uh, stunning gray streak. Yeah. yeah, it's very nice that he's keeping that part natural. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, uh, 
what what happens now? How you you and Tom Sharpwing do amazing things. Thank thank you. Thanks. Big fans. Big. What the fuck? What, what do you? What do you? What are you? What? The, like that was a, a good amount of applause, but you guys are fucking matter? comic geniuses on that show, and I, I think everyone should know about it. If you don't listen to the best show on WFMU, you should listen to it. Okay. Thank uh, you. John uh, works with Tom Sharpling as in, in several different characters. If you don't know, we're not going to do. I'm not going to tell him to do a character, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right. Uh, you just want to go down shore and uh, go go see um, Ario Speedwagon's playing down at the penalty box. <laughs> you like Ario Speedwagon? All my friends are, are ra- all my friends from Vancouver are have been raving about seeing Ario Speedwagon last night. I guess really? they played somewhere last night. Are you telling the truth? I now? swear to God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All as right. soon as you are willing, I can name every member of the original Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Kevin Cronin. Yeah. Gary Richrath. Yeah. Neil Dougherty. Yeah. Al- Alan Greitzer. Yeah. Bruce Hall. Wow. Yeah. Keep on rolling, man. That's right. Well, they were a pretty big deal, you know, and now uh, not so big a deal. No. I, uh, <laughs> I, a friend They're of mine. They're loved in Vancouver. <laughs> Are they? Well, last night they were, yeah. I saw, like, some friend of mine's got some sad story about being in the same town with, uh, with Ario Speedwagon. They were staying at the same hotel, and Kevin Cronin, is that his name? Yes. Was at the happy hour at the hotel uh, doing like karaoke and dancing and just sort of like, I'm from Mario Speedwagon. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. All right, well, why don't you go play with All Bob right. Mole? John Worcester, Thank you, ladies everybody. and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. It's great. Great to see you. Thank you. All right. Where are you, Mac? Mac from Super Chunk is here. Where are you, buddy? There, oh, right there, Mac from Superchunk and Merge Records, purveyors of fine independent music for the last quarter century. How long's Merge been around, Mac? Holy fuck. Aren't we? We're getting fucking old. It's stupid, right? Man, I was watching Todd Berry last night, and we started together, and I'm just looking at him going like, oh, it's happening. We are entering that period. I don't think I'm going through a midlife crisis yet, but I, I don't know if I would be able to identify that, because... I think in order to have a midlife crisis, you have to have some semblance of a life. Uh, like that, you know, you ha- there has to be some shift. You have, to be, you have to have some element going on where you're like, fuck this, I'm doing this now. And that's just the way I've always been. So right now, it's my pleasure to bring a comedian from New York up who uh, I feel like I, I've, I've seen him around, but we never really hung out, and we're going to do it now. Mike Vecchione, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Vecchione. What's up, man? Thank you, Mark. Let's do it. All right, cool. Come on, dude. Thanks what do you got? Me. Okay, I'm going to say right out, right out of the gate here. Like, look at him, man. Like, wouldn't you judge him immediately? How many of you are judging him immediately? <laughs> like, I, I know him kind of. I've seen him do some comedy. When I first saw him hang around comedy clubs, I was like, that guy's not allowed. <laughs> He's not one of us. That can't be one of us. He's a different kind. No, this is the kind of haircut that you were talking about. It is, almost. That's more of a flat top, though. And I assume you've probably been getting that most of your life. Yeah, but I just have no other choice on how to cut it. Like, I would like to be hipper, but it will just fro out. if (laughs) Like uh, like an Italian fro? An Italian Jew fro. An Italian Jew fro. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) According to your email, no. Uh, So, all right. So, where do you come from? I'm originally from Northeast Ohio, Youngstown, which is a dead... 
Steel Town. By the way, I just like want the crowds to like me out here, and if yeah. they don't, I'm just going to not recycle. <laughs> so I don't know what happens. What happens to you? You're going to make a promise to them? <laughs> I'm going to not I'm recycle. I'm not going to do it. And you're going to put me in a prison made of wicker, probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a biodegradable. <laughs> the wicker prison. Prison. But I, I was eating Whole Foods. I didn't that. even know where to throw anything out. I was like, this is recyclable. This is biodegradable. I'm like, I'll just put it in my backpack. <laughs> And uh, figure it out when I go back to the hotel. So, because it, where, it, like, where you this just look does where, exude like a uh, cop. Yeah. Um, I'm a cop during the day, but I ultimate fight at night <laughs> because I have an unlimited amount of testosterone. But uh, I'm really like a mild, like uh, more of a soft-spoken guy. But then why do you look like that? I, I don't know. It's uh, <clears throat> blame Jesus. <laughs> Believe me, I do. <laughs> So, but wait, but what, what were you? I mean, was there some, did you, like, did you hit a wall with whatever this was and then become a nice guy and decide to just leave the rest of it? No, I was always like, it's like become a nice guy. Like I was a villain at first. I was an evil person. I, I have bad associations with, I make assumptions about right. guys who look like you. I think we all do. And, and. Right. I think I most of us are about halfway into thinking that you're not that guy. <laughs> no, I'm not that guy. No, you're not. You're a very sweet guy. What did you do uh, like before comedy? Did you just like you know kick gay people's asses? <laughs> uh, I actually did go to school for criminal justice. Uh, I did, but I wanted to be a lawyer. My yeah. father was like an old school Italian. He's an old school Italian guy. He's like, be a lawyer. Yeah. But when I was growing up, he would like never let me question anything. Yeah. He would just be, do what you're fucking told. <laughs> so then it was time to be a lawyer. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be good at being a lawyer. He's like, why not? I'm like, because you never let me question anything. <laughs> he just told me to do what I was fucking told. And I don't know if lawyers don't work that way. You have to be able to like... Question. I'm said, dating a Jewish girl. I'm Italian. I'm 100% yeah, Italian. That happens. And like uh, her family, we just had dinner last night, yeah. and they're very like methodic and thinking, and and you know yeah, that's I why we're, we're we're better. And you guys are the. <laughs> so you you had uh, you had dinner. Her family's from here. Yeah, her Seattle from Jews. Here. Yeah, yeah it's Seattle it's Jews. Rare, rare. They ran away from something. Where were they? (laughs) (laughs) Germany, I think. No, come on. Jesus. (laughs) No, but she's like super smart, so we'll be arguing, and she'll like like drop three words that I don't understand. And at first, I was too embarrassed to say anything because I didn't want her to think I was stupid. But now I call her on it. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. So I'm going to look up the words, because I'm like a working guy. I'm a, I'm a worker, so I'm like, I'm going to look up the words uh, on my phone. And then you're going to re-say the shit you just said, and I'm going to use my context clues to figure out what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I really like took her to Sesame Street. Good for you. That's proactive. Yeah. That's good. You, you want to you know, you learn new things. Well, I, was a, I started as a teacher. Do you know any of those words? Do you, I don't uh, know. Can you name a word that, that might have thrown she, you? I, I've never heard the words before <laughs> that she uses with me sometimes. Like, I've never heard them. Like, and what, I'm like, like, and like, she just, like, rattles them off like I should know what the fuck she's talking like about. More, like, oeuvre? No, like, words like, perca- the, I know what precarious. Yeah. No, I actually don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually don't. I mean, I thought about it. I've heard it used a bunch of times, but I don't know the precarious I, I do that too, nature though. of the draconian. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, like those words, though, I'm the same way where, you know, you hear them used so much that they mean kind of how they sound to me. Like, you know, like, I don't know if I could give you the definition of precarious, right. but like this moment right now, it's a little precarious. <laughs> Very precarious. Very precarious moment. I don't know. <laughs> so what so what did you like how long have okay. you been doing comedy? Thirteen years. I oh, started long, in two thousand oh, Philly and I started out with uh well I Big J Okerson is yeah. a good friend of mine. And uh, you had him on at Montreal, and I watched him. And yeah. I watched his uh, WTF with you, and it's just so effortless, his you storytelling. I watched it. I went to Montreal. I was oh, at you Montreal. Were there. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, there, yeah. and I came and I watched oh, it. Oh, yeah. And he's just so effortless with the way he flows yeah. with his stories. I'm like, you know, kind of, I'm more of a joke writer. Yeah, it's all right. Guy, so. Yeah, no, those work. But I, I had him over my house in Florida. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's Jewish. And uh, <clears throat> we're very Italian, cheesy. and we're we, like he didn't realize it. My my father made pizzas. Like we're we're about to eat, but before we eat, we uh, say a prayer. Uh -huh. He was about to dig in, and we my, we started praying. Uh -huh. You know, and uh, I we have our heads down, and we're holding hands, and uh, we mentioned Jesus in the prayer. And I look up at Jay, and he's like this: "Kill that motherfucker." <laughs> Which I thought I, I broke out laughing is the funniest thing. He mentioned killed that motherfucker, killed that motherfucker. <laughs> and we laugh about it to this day. We laugh about it to this. I'm assuming your dad didn't see it. No, he didn't. Everybody had their eyes closed. That's a requirement. I could have been, I could have been beaten for opening my eyes during oh the prayer. Oh my god! So. What did your dad do? He was a lawyer, or he wasn't? No, no he, was a, he was not. We're, he didn't want you to be a no, lawyer. No, he, right. he came from like the 40s, where it's like, be somebody, be a yeah. doctor, be a lawyer, yeah. be somebody. Yeah. So. And what was he? Uh, he was a mushroom farmer. <laughs> so they actually had a business. My grandfather, it started uh, canning spaghetti sauce, but he was run out by ragu. So he started uh, canning mushrooms and then built a growing operation next to it. So it was uh, United Canning. Uh, mushrooms. So f there was probably years in your family's history where a man was sitting around going, fuck ragu. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I, Those bastards. I, didn't, I told him I didn't like mushrooms when I was, when I was little. I was like, ah, mushrooms are gross. I was forced to fucking eat mushrooms. By your forced, grandfather? By my father, by my grandfather. You don't ever disrespect, like, his, disrespect is big there's in the a Italian weird, culture. That's, a, that's abusive. You were forced to eat mushrooms. Forced to eat as a mushrooms. Child. Forced spaghetti. You know, if you have spaghetti, my yeah. mom used to cut it. Yeah. I was forced to uh, take it and roll it. What do you mean? Oh, roll it around the roll fork. Roll it on the on the spoon. On the spoon. Yeah. Wasn't to eat allowed. it properly. Eat it properly, like Ita we're Italians. This is the way you eat. God, this is like almost sadder than sexual abuse. <laughs> <laughs> this is so ill-defined. You know, I was forced to eat mushrooms. It's horrible too. I was crying. <laughs> No waste. Everybody's overweight in my family because you have to eat everything yeah. on your plate at sure. school. Sure. So, uh, you know. so this is why you're who you are. Yeah. This is, why. This is why I'm thick, kind of a husky fit. Yeah. Because uh, I was forced to eat. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, so like we're all learning that this exterior does not match what's inside no, you. No, it's, it's a lot of dysfunction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I'm very happy about. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't surrender to the, like, fuck you. You could have went either way. You know, you yeah, could have yeah, been, yeah. been a douchebag. The stage was set. Well, no, I didn't have the, like, I wrestled and I played football. I did play sports. All right, so but you I were didn't have the athletic. You were the douchebag. <laughs> there, there was a period of douchebaggery. But I was humbled by my lack of athleticism. Like, these guys who are, like, super great athletes, like, yeah. those guys are maybe the guys uh, who aren't humble. Like, I was humbled. Like, I wrestled. And anytime I thought I was... Really, I would get smashed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 
I was yeah, so you, you were like, after a certain point, your confidence was beaten out yeah. of you on the mat. Absolutely. Or if I got to, before myself, my father would be like, you think you're better than everybody? That's what he would do. He would do I would come back from college. I wouldn't even ask for a problem. What, what are you, smarter? You're smarter now? I'm like, you're sending me to college. What are you doing? You think you're smarter than everybody? Because Joe College? I never went to college. I think you're better. I'm like, you're sending. What are you doing? He would do that type of stuff. And still does. He's in the hospital right now with pneumonia, smoking cigars. Won't stop smoking cigars. And he's still fucking saying that kind of shit? Yeah. Starts a problem. We didn't didn't talk. Like, that's why I watched uh, your episodes where you had that thing with your father. Yeah. With your father. And yeah, and it was like, I wasn't talking to my father for like eight months because we had just a a disagreement. He just, it's like he's an alcoholic without the alcohol. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Just anytime he's in a bad mood, he just thinks, you're my son, you respect me, I yeah. can fucking tee off on you anytime I want, and if you don't fucking take it, you're disrespectful. <laughs> That's really his feeling, and we had a really hard time coming to terms with that. Like, you can't do that to me. Why the fuck can't I do it? It was done to me. That's the way it is. Did you fucking hit him? No, 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 I would never, I can't do that. But it was getting, like, my mother, like, I was between <laughs> oh, my mother, yeah. and it was getting fucking close. But yeah. he's, like, he's in his 70s. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way I should be considering hitting this guy. But the shit that was coming out of his mouth, I want to fucking hit this guy. So that's why that, that episode with Judd Hirsch really like hit home with me. Because it's like, I don't know. So if you should have fucking hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. No, here's what happened. Of course you shouldn't have hit him. The best you can hope for is that he lives long enough to require feeding. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just sit there going, do you want the food? Did you want to know what's it all again? Pull it away. He's mean. He'd probably bite me. <laughs> and he's a fucking, he's still got that anger in him. Uh, but you don't. That's good. <laughs> Mike Vecchione, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I moved down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was great. That was great. This next guy. Where, you're right there, I see you. He's the host of the uh, comedy Bang Bang TV show and podcast. One of the original writers for Mr. Show. Please welcome Scott Ackerman. Good radio, good radio. Oh. For the listeners, I just took several bows, which were warranted. Mm. Hello, Mark. Are we just going to pace around each I other this I entire was, show? I was trying like two to, prize fighters? I was trying to, uh, to just say yes. I was improvising. What's uh, up, man? What's up, bro? Where are we at with this? You got a problem with I me? do have a little bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, all right, sit down. Let's do some improv. All right, rent a car. I'm driving the car for those listening. So, hey, man, my wife's leaving me. Oh, where should we pick her up? I mean, where should I pick her up? I mean, how does this go? All right, that was. I'll it. get back all in right. formation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go, Mr. Ackerman? 
Hi, Mark. Hello, Scott. IFC buddies, right? Yeah. IFC buddies hug. Oh, oh IFC. You're coming back. 90% of this audience is like, I don't even fucking get IFC. Yep. <laughs> Do you find that? It's I like, mean, I'd watch your show if I got it. People or, are upset about it, too. Like, you can't pay for things. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, so pay for IFC. Yeah. <laughs> My father, when I told him that I was doing shows and that he was in the episode, I was doing an episode about him, he goes, what's it on? I go, IFC. He goes, no, no one gets that. Wow. Sorry, was that too sad? So maybe that was a Mike thing. I should have done that with Mike. <laughs> we were in the father zone. My mother, the first time I was on TV, yeah. on Mr. Show, mm -hmm. my mother and father rented a hotel room because they didn't get HBO. <laughs> so... And then later I figured out, I think it would be cheaper to get HBO for one month than to rent a hotel room. <laughs> but they rented a hotel room, and I didn't know this was happening, by the yeah, way. Yeah. She called to tell me this the next day. I pick up the phone. She says, so uh, we rented a hotel room. We saw your show last night. I said, what'd you think? She goes, well, you gained some weight. Oh. I said, okay, but what did you think about the episode? She said, well, we didn't like it, so we turned it off 10 minutes in. <laughs> oh, my God. Why are we all so fucked up? Yeah. Wait, that's the wrong question. I think we just answered that question. But my mom also, uh, I was the lead in Oklahoma once. I was Curly in Oklahoma for, really? uh, for a summer. Oh, that's right. You were and, like a high school mm -hmm. theater guy. Well, a little older than high school at the time. Oh, you continued that? <laughs> So she came to see me, and she said afterwards, you were really, really good in this. Uh, you actually looked like you meant what you were saying in this show. Well, that's a pretty good assessment that's of acting. Bad. Yeah, no, that's a, I think that an acting, a theater reviewer could say that. He looked like he meant what he was saying, yeah. and that would be in the... He the didn't look call. like he was lying every single line. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Mike? Come over here. I was going to leave a... Get, get over here. Coming back. But I, for, I always on, forget right. that you have this, uh, you, you're a very theatrical person. I'm, I'm, the most profound moment I think I've ever experienced with you hmm. was you, yes. we, we, it was at a karaoke situation. And you're you you're fond of telling me this story, yes. I can't believe it. He sang, what was it, High and Dry by Radiohead? Something or? like that, yeah. He sang a Radiohead song in falsetto, the whole thing. And he committed to it, and it looked like he meant what he was singing. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> what did, what did, where do you, are your parents still around? Do they? They're still around. They're in Arizona. Oh, um, really? Yeah, they moved to Arizona and hate it. Yeah, uh, they, they did that big life change of like, you know, sure. fuck this. Yeah, yeah. I'm out of here. And yeah. then within a year, it's like, fuck this. <laughs> we thought, fuck that. Fuck this. Is that California? Is that like people in California get tired? They move. That's like the Boca. Yeah. <laughs> the boat okay. out exactly. of Delta Because too. it's hotter, it's drier, there's less going on. Right. Yeah. My dad got really sick of all the traffic in uh, L.A. It's, the only, it's so fucking it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So he, they moved to the in the middle of nowhere in the mountains in uh, Arizona. And then the things you don't know about it are you can't get food there. Like every literally food that you would get in California takes three days to get to this town in Arizona. So is everything's it, old by the time. Is it not accessible by the car? Where do you think they live on I a fucking cloud? <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> Do you have to drop some magic beans in the ground and climb up the beanstalk? I, th- I just pictured planes pushing boxes out of, like, and, you're, yeah, and your parents the, scrambling out going, the food's here. <laughs> you're the one who said it takes three days to get food out well, there. Well, yeah, but because it, it's, uh, you know, there's not a lot of traffic that goes out there. Uh, you know, when you move somewhere because there's no traffic, no <laughs> trucks go there. Yeah, right, right, right. You know. So they, are they in the mountains? Is They're in a- the mountains. So like my mother loves to cook. Yeah. And um, food will not stay hot there. Literally, it comes out of the oven and within 60 seconds, boom, cold. Really? Yeah. I don't v- understand. That's, no one knows. Really? No one tells you these things. This is an Arizona thing? It's the altitude you- thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. no shit. No, you can't keep food hot. In the hot. mountains. Yeah. Just like, boom, it's not hot anymore. That's so like anytime weird. you visit, it's like... You know, serving yeah. up just cold steaks, you know. And they're always like, why don't you visit us? Yeah. What's the name of the town? Gaspacho? <laughs> just like, it's the, it's the it's like okay. yeah. Took a chance. Sorry. <laughs> sky. I, I love it. I feel comfortable. Oh. I love it. Let me ask you a serious question. I love that looking like him, he's insecure. It's the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, like, sorry, I put it out there, right? All right, all right. All yeah, right, yeah, yeah. you know? Gaspacho's the cold soup, I figure. Let me ask you a serious question because it is a cold soup. I like you. I talked to you a little bit backstage. You seem like a very nice guy. Like you said, very soft spoken. Very. But how often do you work on these? It's it's not uh, muscular. It's uh, it's it's a base of muscle, but it's covered with fat. That's how it looks. But but it's true that once, but at some point, you were a fucking animal. No, but I, I was always... Just say it. No, I was always... Say thin. it. I was always... I'm sorry. I just sorry, spit sorry. on you. No, that's no, all right. He just spit just right spit in Mark's the- face. It was <laughs> disgusting. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I feel bad for people in front rows of my show because you like they may have not have seen that, but you can see the spit. You, did you see it? You didn't write? Yeah. You know, all right, oh, fine. I saw Fuck it. it. Well, so let's get back yeah. to you, person to you person, uh, lying about the size of your muscles. <laughs> if you stop no. working on it, you lose it, right? Like it no, all goes away. It would just away. become mushy. It would just become mushy and, it, and soft, but I wouldn't lose the thickness. If, if I, I could ate lose your the arms, they would be delicious. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. They'd have to like lot, the, it would just be covered in fat. fat Marble. It's not, it's not a lot of fat, but it's enough. Like the best I wrestled, the best wrestlers are guys who are like long and lean. Mm. They're the best. Thanks for have, pointing at me. They have, mm-hmm. Yeah, long and lean guys. <laughs> guys like me who are real bulldog thick, yeah. not so good because you're really? cardio. You don't have good cardio. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're still hung yeah. up on this wrestling thing. Yeah. That's how I relate to everything. And that's how, I, that's how I learn. Because in wrestling, they teach a move, and then you drill, 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 drill. And that's the way I learn uh-huh. everything. Huh. Is that how you do comedy? You drill, 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 drill? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. That's the way you just work, 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 and do right. something uh, right. so what's gets your, a laugh. Uh, what's your fitness regimen, Scott? Because you look... <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I want to hear this. I look what? You son of a bitch. By the way, Mark... Mark never passes up an opportunity to insult all of his guests several times backstage before you ever see this show. Just know we have been insulted at least five times by Mark by the time we get out here. The very first thing, I, I, he hasn't even said hello to me. He says, so are you going to actually say something real for once? I don't think I use that tone. But the words? No. no. I think I probably said, so are we going to, you know, like there's a, there's heart in it, mm-hmm. you, you know, like why, why do you, you shouldn't take this personally. Don't you know me by now? Isn't, no. isn't there a shorthand that I can have no, eventually I, we, where I can hurt my friends? Exactly. And, that's, that's what it's all about. We have fun. <laughs> do you look like Summoner Redstone? 
Do you okay. know that? You kind of, like, <laughs> do you I mind that? Yes. Do you mind that? No, I, okay. I just was noticing it. Like, you're going to be a very distinguished older gentleman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why I think that about you. So what do I look like? What are you saying my, my body type is? Look, I, what do I know? I don't know. I'm just asking if Fit you like Fit in say, your insult. How I don't are you going to do it? I don't script insults. I just... That was it. That was... It was just me saying, so what do you, what do, you do for a fitness regimen, Scott? And I think that was enough. First of all, it's a leading question because you know I don't do anything because you're looking at me. <laughs> but no, I thought maybe you were trying. <laughs> We all try. We all try. You, right. you look great. You, since I've gotten I, to know you. I have you, an you. eating disorder. That's the only reason. Oh, okay. I, I'm not doing anything. I, you know, I, I eat badly, and then I, I hate myself, and then I stop eating. What do you do? Do you jog? I would love to like, picture I do. you I run. jogging. I run. Really? I run. I run on a treadmill. Are you just like, son of a bitch? <laughs> Every step? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking feet. <laughs> Moving in motion. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, no, generally, I run on a treadmill so I can gauge the time exactly, and, and towards the end... All right, it, Professor. I, all right. <laughs> What's happening with the... So now, on the show, the television yep. show... Yep. And, we and, were just picked up for a third season. <laughs> not true. Not true. But if I say it enough, I hope it'll happen. Well, we, I, love, I love the show. I love you. I love your wife. I love everything <laughs> you're doing. Why do you have to bring her into this? What, she's, what is this all about? Because she is the nice part. <laughs> I'm a little nice. We get along. When my wife... It took a long time for us to get along. We did. I didn't, it did. Because you insulted me the very oh, first time. Oh, stop it. You, would, you were one of those people that was like, ugh, here comes Mark. So like, you know, like for most of my career, you're one of those guys where I could see it in your eyes. I'd be like, hey, what's up? And you'd be like, I have no time for whatever's <laughs> happening with that fellow. My favorite, my favorite Mark story was up at the Vancouver Comedy Festival. Yeah. You really wanted to do my show... And we were packed. We had too many people on it. Oh, yeah. And you said to me, come on, man. Let me do 10 minutes. Let me do 10 minutes just in and out real quick. I was like, I'll tell you what, Mark, because we were, we were at a show the night before. I said, tell you what, Mark, if you stick to your time, you're supposed to do 10 minutes tonight. If you stick to your time, I'll let you do my show tomorrow. Mark goes out. 35 minutes on the <laughs> clock goes by. He comes off stage, sees me, you're me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we like I'm each sorry. other I'm now. I'm sorry. I'm Come sorry. Scott Ackerman, ladies and Thanks. gentlemen. And now the very funny. And animated and exciting, Kyle Dunnigan, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I was just told. Hi. How are you? I was just you? told there was five minutes left. No, the we show. have seven. They said I could go five. Oh, I'll be done in seven minutes. They told me that seven, seven minutes. minutes ago. Who's next? Who has to come? Who's the next show? Oh, fuck him. <laughs> Let him wait. Everything's going all right for him. He can take a hit. You're right. 
I saw him earlier. We're good, him and I. Wait, so what? I mean, Scott got this huge intro, and I and then it was like, here's Kyle Dunnigan. <laughs> here's here's this next guy. I said guy. funny, adorable. I think I threw in there. <laughs> Did I you? Very, yeah, animated. I if I, I said, heard adorable, I wouldn't have said anything, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> I've always thought you're adorable. You're very good at the really? uh, adorable. Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. I'll Don't you think? That. Look at this guy. So that was a smattering. Yeah. That was another smattering. So what? What is going on? Um. Wow, Great interview. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. I get right in there, man. Specific. I cut to right to the. I cut to the bone. What's Where happening? Where are you now? What? It, uh, specifically, career, life, uh, happiness. Uh, yeah. What do you want to know about me? Yeah, all the of it. The guy baby. who's next for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I sh- you should have me back on to do like 45 minutes in depth. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Is That's this what we're gonna do? We're gonna negotiate no. your appearance on I the real what should. the fuck? I'm adorable. These things are hard for me. We're gonna waste all this time because you. Wait, let's get right to the chase. Get. How, let's get to it. You're a comedian for how long? I have no idea. All right. Well, fuck that. Then. Sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yeah. So what did you do before that? I. Uh, well, I I delivered balloons as Mickey Mouse. <laughs> all right. That's a true thing. Come on. I was discovered by the balloon lady. <laughs> I was doing a, like, a, you did plays, they were saying, in high school? Leave me out of this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I would say that's fair. But uh, we did the whiz at yeah. my high school. It was an all-white school, and they decided yeah. to do the whiz. Which is a black show. Yeah. Not racist. It's, a black, it's yeah. written for black people. Right. But it was the whitest. We were like, come on and ease on down, ease on down the road. Why don't you? It would be a good idea, too. So she was in the audience like, you know, like, I got to have this talent. Like the balloon lady. She would answer her phone. She would just go, balloon lady, which I thought was weird. Because like if her family called, that's just a weird thing to hear. So wait, what is the, uh, what is the balloon uh, lady? What did she you deliver balloons? She, well, I went to her house once to try on the outfit, and I realized it wasn't even Mickey. It was just a, a dirty mouse head. <laughs> and she said, you can't be Mickey. You're Murray Mouse. We didn't get the rights. Yeah, but you have to pay to not. be Mickey, yeah, so right. I'm Murray Mouse. Murray Mouse? Why not Marty Mouse? Yeah, Marty my head, Mouse. I was like, That's... You're a Jewish mouse. <laughs> Murray you Mouse. complain a lot. So it was a big, dirty mouse head, then my clothes. Yeah. And then white, like, rubber gloves. (laughs) And I would go to these... I would drive in, like, my, you know, Civic with all the balloons in my car. (laughs) Just, you know, a Civic. And they'd pop because it's the summer and it'd get hot. So, like, you ever drive and, like, balloons are popping? And uh, a balloon suddenly not a balloon anymore is a terrifying sound. (laughs) Even the way it looks, like a balloon that's suddenly not a balloon. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm a balloon. And it's like, I'm a dirty condom. Yeah. It's like, it's so different than when it's a balloon. <laughs> so anyway, I would go to drive up. Yeah. And she's like, make sure you wear your head when you drive up. Because <laughs> if you go drive, if you get out of your car with a severed mouse head, it terrifies the kids. And uh, so you got to put the head on down the street and then you drive yeah. up. And then I'm like, yeah, hey, Murray's here. Whatever. <laughs> And uh, the kids would get on your lap, which feels wrong. Wrong. And then some kid would eventually see that there was a guy through the eyeball. He was all mesh. Yeah. And they'd be like, they'd start. I'd see their face. I'm like, don't you fucking tell anybody else. <laughs> all right. 
This is a secret between you and Murray. Uh, anyway, that lady uh, died. Uh, she burned. She she burned herself up in her bed. She chain smoked and fell asleep and burned. That's how that comedy story ends. <laughs> she burned alive. Barbara, the balloon lady burned alive. Balloon lady burned it's alive. A very alliterative. Headline. Yeah, she <laughs> went out with a. I'd like uh, to think she died from the smoke inhalation before she burned. No, they said she burned. <laughs> her lungs, her lungs were clear as a bell. Not a, not a soot among it. Why are you there at the uh, <laughs> at the coroner's office getting all these details? I, I didn't get paid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just wanted to make sure it was true. <laughs> She actually did pay me $12.50, and then I found out from a lady, she was yelling at me. She was like, this is what I get for $85, a dirty Mickey head, and a... she was pissed. And in my head, I was like, 85 bucks? <laughs> I thought we were like going 50-50 or something, but... <laughs> dirty anyway. Mickey head. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. It's all so what, what are you working on now? That's a good I have a, a question. Uh, show at IFC in development. And, really? Uh, I mean, I don't want this to come out. Maybe I don't have a show at IFC anymore. This may come out later. <laughs> what was the angle? Uh, I um, The angle is, uh, it's a church community. You know, like the, I grew up Catholic and, uh, you know, there's like the um, youth group and the choir, different groups. And I yeah. play like four characters. And I'm doing a, uh, uh, I have a show developing a Nickelodeon cartoon. A really? rich kid, about a rich kid. Yeah, you do, like, do, you do, four, you do four characters yourself, different characters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you do the uh, the amateur comic guy. It's very funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like we were that. right. We were in Seattle. Like yeah, we were a just month a, ago. We were here a month ago. We yeah. were just here. We didn't hang out at all. No, you know what? I'm antisocial, and you guys are like the cool guy. You know, it's like Mark Marin and then like John Glazer. You guys are like the hip, cool guys. You just named two of the most miserable Jews in this business. <laughs> How we yeah. get the, like, I mean, Scott's cool. I, Me and Glazier, I mean, we're difficult. Yeah, well, I stayed in my hotel room, and I just, like, didn't, I don't know. I'm kind of you should have went out with us, because, like, you know, Eugene was, Eugene Merman was, was very yeah, jovial, nice. and he likes to make people eat. Uh, like, I, ne- I, I never knew that how, how demonic Eugene was, where, like, you know, we went to that, uh, the palace kitchen, right? And, 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 you know, I was like, I don't know, we should order this many dishes, and Eugene's like, order it. <laughs> I'll eat, eat it. it. Yeah, just we'll all eat it. There'll be no leftovers. No, we missed you. We thought we thought it was. Uh, I actually ran. I don't know if you remember this. This was embarrassing, and I felt embarrassed. But like at midnight, I couldn't find any water in the hotel, and then they were like, "There's some down at Whole Foods, or whatever." So I, you know, when you you're in your hotel room all day, yeah, and you get out and it was kind of warm. I'm like, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna <laughs> sprint to Whole Foods. Yeah, and I was sprinting at like right. twelve at night, and I ran by you guys, and I couldn't explain <laughs> that. In a way that was normal. I just started mumbling and walked away. I'm ready away. to get water. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, there's no water in the hotel. Hotel, no water. <laughs> and then I went back. There's two bottles in the room that I didn't notice that have... Yeah, we talked oh, about that bottles. for a while. I bet you did. Kyle Dunnigan, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Ackerman. Mike Vecchione. John Worcester. Mark Marin. Thank you. You were great. This has been live WTF in Seattle at Bumbershoot. Now run out. Run. Run to your music shows. Run. Anybody need anything from me? Hmm? Yeah.